Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast, where we explore the travel lifestyle. You can find us at wtepodcast.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. We're on Facebook, Twitter, at WTE Podcast. Plenty of ways to find us. Uh, for those folk, uh, folks tuning in for the first time, I am Mike Margulies. I am today in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, our guest for today is Shanna Crumley. Uh, how's it going, Shanna? It's going great. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> so, Shanna, you're coming in from uh, Puerto, uh, um, uh, sorry, Barranquilla in Colombia, or is it Puerto Colombia, actually, technically? Technically, I'm, I live in Puerto Colombia, but today I'm okay. Skyping in from, from Barranquilla. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, cool. So, uh, <laughs> all right, so Barranquilla it is. Um, yes. And so you are now in your uh, second year of doing a Peace Corps in Colombia. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I guess I'd love to hear you kind of expand that. I know you're working... Uh, with sort of teaching English and some girls empowerment programs. And I just love to hear, you know, you describe kind of what the experience is like for you and kind of stuff you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, if, for those who don't know very much about Peace Corps, it's, um, it's like a government agency of service worldwide and countries are able to ask for volunteers for a particular sector. So maybe they want volunteers to come help with agriculture or with water sanitation, with um, women's health whatever it may be. And so Columbia asked for bilingualism help. Um, They're trying to get as many of the public school students um, just reinforced in their English skills because it's like a direct benefit for for jobs and for industry. Um, Columbia is really up and coming right now. They're coming out of a really rough era. And so now they're trying to expand um, trade and economics and growth in the region. So that's what we're here for. Um, Our main like primary sector project, I guess, would be um, teaching English for livelihoods. So we work with the English teachers themselves in like their programming and their curriculum development and their, I mean, their pronunciation, you know, just any little things that we can help the um, primary, I mean, sorry, the uh, public schools um, catch up to the private school um, kind of level of excellence or, or whatever <laughs> of, of English yeah. education. Um, so Peace Corps is like you have a primary project and then a secondary project. And so my secondary projects are other things that I want to do. Um, so I've been doing projects in youth development and, um, like you said, girls empowerment, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of culture. I learned how to dance the local dances. Uh, I learned how to play the drums. Awesome. So just a lot of, a lot of random stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so, so I guess there's kind of an exchange, right? So at the same time as you're sort of teaching English, uh, girls empowerment, you're also, I'm sure, learning a lot yourself uh, out there. Oh yeah, they say they say it's one of those jobs that like you you're really here to change yourself, really. You know, like I'm here yeah. to help however I can, but I'm the one who's who's growing and expanding and and learning and, and going through life lessons. Yeah, so I mean, what are some of the ones that stick out to you? Like life lessons are growth oh, for yourself. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> you know, people come back and write books about the Peace Corps. What it, what it did. <laughs> um, honestly, one of the things that I can think I right right off the bat is that I've just learned so much about um, about patience and flexibility because I'm living within a culture that's just very very different from our own culture um, right. in terms of like like time just means something different and success and happiness have a different definition here. So I've learned a lot about just being able to be patient and just step back and just, just go with the flow. Like that's their lesson right. here, just Hakuna Matata and stuff. So I'm learning. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I think my, I have like the opposite problem these days because, uh, I've been coming from, um, getting used to the, uh, I have a backpacker lifestyle, which is more like, I think what it sounds like you're experiencing where things are, you know, you go with yeah. the flow in the moment and now in the U S everything's in schedules. And so I'm, it's an adjustment for me coming yeah. back to the opposite <laughs> way. 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's honestly it's challenging either way. Like both of them have benefits and, and disadvantages. For sure, it's, it's yeah. challenging. And it's switching back and forth. <laughs> yeah, you must. You've been out there for uh, how long now? A year and some change at this point. Yeah, about um, we're we're turning nineteen months in a couple weeks here. I think. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's awesome. So you must yeah. be getting a little bit more acclimated to it, I guess, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm finally at the point like. Like the language acquisition, like I'm finally at the point where I can get into trouble and back out of trouble. That's like the big key. And then I'm just, <laughs> they say like, like the first year is all about settling into the community and figuring out what the people are like and like the culture and how, like the dynamics in the school you work with in the community and stuff. And then the second year is when you really get in and try to try to put things into place, you know, like whatever projects right. or plug into right. wherever the people are, are wanting you to help. So that's kind of the idea, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, (laughs) the beginning, you have to sort of, um, yeah, establish uh, your relationship. It says, actually, similar to what I talked um, with, I think, you know, Supriya also, one of your uh, Mm -hmm. friends. And we, so when I talked to her, it was a very similar theme. Like, in the beginning, you want to establish the relationships. Yeah, also, she was, uh, that was our last episode, and she's, yeah, very similar kind of um, situation. Her experience in the Peace Corps was, right, like you're saying, you know. Uh, you build up the relationship in the beginning, yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then after you kind of establish it, you can, I guess, make a, you know, build something, uh, figure out where the needs are, I guess, right? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I, I mean, there's been, if you know anything about like the history of development and, and international aid and stuff, like it's just been such a transition over the couple past couple centuries of. You know, first you you hand aid down, you send money to these poor people, then started to have, like, people on the ground giving things to poor people. You know, like, there's just been a really big Mm. progression. And so the last couple of decades, it started to be more of a focus on go into the community, figure out what they want, what they think they need, instead of what I think they need, and then try to work together. Um, our, Our former director, he just retired this last year, but he used to tell, like, like this parable or something about, um, you know, like the whole give the man a fish and he, right. or whatever, like give a man a fish, he eats for a day, give a man, you teach him like, teach a man how to fish and eat he, forever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. He says, no, we got to go a step beyond that. Like teaching a man to fish, like these guys are fishermen for crying out loud. Like right. <laughs> they know how to fish. <laughs> That's not the issue here. It's more about, and he, he brings in another, like a Chinese proverb or something about just going in and like being with the people and listening to them and then just letting them change you as well. We're not in here, we're not here to come in with, with the answers. Um, we're here to come in with whatever resources and training we have and problem-solving mm. skills we, we possess, but then we're, we're here to, to contribute those to projects that, that the people want, that the people see is, is what's their, um, their focus. Yeah. So it's, it's actually more challenging than, than just coming in and giving a few, you know, building a right. school and leaving or whatever, but... But I think yeah. it's, I don't know, I like it. <laughs> no, I mean, I really, I really appreciate that attitude because there can be that, I don't know, that, you know, what is it, the white hero tendency kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So uh, come in and like, okay, we're going to show you how things, and that's all of history, right? You know, I've got that happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we're going to show you how things are supposed to be and do this. But I think that what you're talking about sounds like a really healthy approach. If you really want to help somebody, it's not coming in and like saying, well, here's how you need to do it. It's really kind of. It's a, it's a, it's, it's not as easy. It's like you're saying, it's difficult, but it's really yeah. kind of understanding. Okay, what is the need? Like, how, what do you need, and what can I do that's helpful to you from your perspective? Um, yeah. Kind of imposing something, you know. Exactly. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't think. I don't think we have all the secrets. You know, I don't think it's the answer yet. But like, we're definitely. I, I like what the Peace Corps is doing in that direction. I think that we can definitely keep keep moving in that direction. You know, of figuring out how to 
especially like our generation and the technology and stuff we have, like we have more create or access to creativity and resources than we did before, I think, to solve the same issues that have been mm. just consistent, you know, like I think we need to to keep looking for innovative innovative ways to think about about the issues, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Little by little. We, we have the yeah, we absolutely have this evolving world with the, the technology, um, and that we have today, and I always get the the thing I always talk about is like the internet in particular for me is one that mm-hmm. stands out is like this obvious revolution in uh, communication and everything that uh, you know we have access to information that we didn't have access before, and so um, yeah. I think uh, there's something you know, and coming from a, a place like you know we're Americans and we're coming from a place where we are we have, we understand how this works we're very tuned into it and we can we have access to all this information if there's a way we can you know use our knowledge information skill sets to apply them and help folks that don't necessarily know all the things that uh that's that's a good thing I think yeah yeah we just yeah. gotta I don't know if you're using the internet specifically out. per se but uh you know that's just an example <laughs> that comes to my mind um you know ways yeah absolutely yeah, I mean, technology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what, I guess for you, what what sort of, um, what, in your perspective, what are the things that you can, that you're able to bring, you know, that have been helpful, um, as far as knowledge or skills and whatnot. Hmm, that's a huge, broad question because <laughs> I have a year. Yeah, I feel and like it's like a job. I'm like doing a job interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. No, I mean, like, I, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm just curious. Paying off yeah. what you were saying, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, I think um, I think a lot of what what we bring, honestly, like I I was trained before I came here. Like, of course, we all have um, bachelor's degrees and stuff, and then we come in here and they give us a training, um, a pretty pretty intensive training, considering it's about three months um, in country, where they give us like resources for for curriculum development, and for classroom management, and for ideas, for activities, and and strategies for teaching vocabulary. It just all kinds of English teaching stuff, but then also cultural and youth development and community development, like how to do assessments of community needs and how to set up groups and how to apply for grants and stuff. So there's some useful knowledge. Um, I think it's been interesting, though, to see, like, as much as I understand how many resources I have access to, not just the knowledge that thereof, but, like, I have resources. You know, like, there's there's all kinds of websites, and I know about all kinds of grants that are available, and I have right. the Peace Corps behind me, you know? But getting that message across has actually been a really big challenge. Like people, when you get into the, into the town, you're just another English teacher. And so like, you can help us because you're going to teach my child how to speak English. And that's the only thing that I, that I offer. And that's, that's what, it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's hard to, mm. to, um, I guess it's hard to communicate that I have all these resources and all these materials yeah. and all these, you know, ideas. Yeah. And I just want to help. I just want to be here. <laughs> right. So it's right. frustrating. Um, so honestly, a big thing that I feel like I've actually contributed hasn't, I mean, it has been related to such like the retrainings and the resources and stuff, but a lot of it is just a different cultural perspective. Like I, um, Mm. I work directly, like collaborating directly side by side with, um, the English teachers of a public high school in my little town. So I work directly with five, um, all middle-aged uh, mothers who are all teachers oh. and so they like we have just two different worlds we have American like processes and punctuality and organization I'm all mm. organized you know I want to have like documents organized and exactly like laid out curriculum and then you have Columbia which is the opposite so like they they think in in circles and they plan like in the minute and just you know they, they show up right. to class and they feel inspired to do this today 
And then you have like the generational gap, like they've been teaching English for 25 years, that's longer than I've even been alive, you right. know? Right. And so then you have those two different sides. And so it's been interesting just to, to learn how to communicate, I guess, interculturally, intergenerationally, inter, like in a professional level. But what I bring to the table has been um, helping them, I think, to organize some. Because before they weren't using, like, they really wanted to use technology and stuff, and then they really wanted to be more deliberate with their lesson planning, like, to make sure it was more um, more consistent with each other. Because, like, for example, one teacher teaches sixth grade grammar, the other teacher teaches sixth grade laboratory. And so, like, how do you get these two to be hand in hand so you don't teach, you know, one day you're teaching grammar of, I don't know, greetings and the next day you're teaching vocabulary of food you know you want to try to have some mm. some consistency over the year so that they're mo- they're moving forward so just a lot of like coming in with with resources and, and knowledge of um like how like structuring and stuff it's been interesting um i yeah. i don't know if that makes any sense no it definitely makes sense i mean i think anytime uh like you're saying like that just the cultural difference uh, mm-hmm. having a different perspective in itself um, can be valuable. I mean, I think for mm-hmm. myself, just um, when I was traveling and immersed myself in a different culture, like just being exposed to a different way of looking at things was helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I guess you're probably, it's, it sounds like you're experiencing a similar thing where, you know, you're valuable uh, to all these folks in, in the sense that you have a different perspective. And like you were saying earlier, and like at the same time, I'm sure you're also by being yourself exposed to a different culture, you're yeah. in turn learning <laughs> yourself. So yeah, Ah, I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, you know? I'm so much more relaxed. It's, I mean, you wouldn't know it by looking at me because I'm still stressing out all the time. But like, I'm so much more relaxed than I was because I came I, here from Washington. I wouldn't know. You have a smile on your face on the <laughs> on the Skype screen. So. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. I'm. I don't know. Like, life lessons and personal growth are always um, are always slow. But I've learned a lot about about how to just just let let it go a little bit. Um, mm. I mean, nobody would believe me because I'm still the, you know, very organized and very, like, trying to get stuff done. But it's better than I was before. Well, there, I think there's a balance between that stuff, right? Like, to some extent, <laughs> you want to be I, – I, and I have, I've, I feel like I grew up with the same things. And I can relate to what you're mm-hmm. saying. It's like, on one hand, I want to be organized and uh, really make sure I get things done. But at the same time, I want to just let go a little bit and kind of go with it. There's a balance to strike there, I think. You yeah. Know? Um, there's got to be a, a good, healthy balance. And, and, and I think – I mean, there's so there's so many valuable lessons to draw from this culture because of that, like in that in that vein of like learning how to to prioritize the most important things. Like family here is just the top priority. Like mm. you drop everything for family, you yeah. are never truly truly destitute because you always have family. Like if anything happens to you, like they're for, there for you, and it's just you know things like that that you just realize like yeah that that should be a priority. Like that's beautiful. Right, right, and I think in the in the U.S. I mean, there's, there's definitely a. Um, a difference is there um, mm-hmm. is you know in the U.S. right you're when you grow up a certain age you're expected to sort of okay now go and get your own thing go your own place get out, <laughs> you know whereas I, yeah. I don't know I haven't been to Colombia before but do people tend to live like with their families for you know until they get married or whatnot um, yeah it's that, definitely that kind of culture okay. where like in the small towns everybody lives in the same house you know you have aunts and uncles and great grandmother and you know nieces and nephews and granddaughters yeah, and everybody yeah. in the same house and even the city now like it's it's growing up um as far as like it's it's much more modern minded like this the people our age here are are quite a lot like us but they are okay. still traditionally living with their parents until they get right married. yeah right 
So it's an inter- yeah, it's very interesting. I experienced <laughs> in in, in uh, Southeast Asia there was in um, India as well. There was it was similar in that sense. So I, um, it is very interesting because yeah, people that say our generation like they they have similar interests. They're very similar to uh, say you and I in all these different ways. Mm-hmm. But they're also their life have a very different lifestyle in terms of like the family life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as a much there is in some ways a much closer um, connection. You know, with the family and people, are, you know, spe- you know, living together, just inevitably, that's gonna happen. Um, yeah. Although I would like to think, I, I would say though, ultimately, if it came to it, my family is there for me still, even though mm-hmm. you know it's it's more conventional in the U.S. We all kind of do our own thing. You know, um, I think at the end of the day, I, you know, my family will still come and they support me at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. But it's different for sure. Definitely very you know, different in the day-to-day life. It's very different. Yeah, I think I think the difference there is that we're. At least our society, like our culture is much more, um, how do I say it? Like for me, I don't feel like, like people here are like, oh my God, don't you miss your mommy? Like you haven't seen her in a year and a right. half. Like how have you, you know, but I don't because I talk to her every couple of days because mm. I have Skype, I have Facebook, we email back and forth. Like if I see an article that she think would be interesting, I send it to her. Like I feel very connected and I yeah. think at home it's the same way. Like I lived across the country from my family, but we still talked a lot. Like it wasn't like. It wasn't the physical space that I needed as much as the emotional and, and like, mental right. support, you know? So, yeah, yeah I'm supported yeah. by my family, and they're supported by me. And, like, I don't know. I think that's a difference because here it's very, like, the culture is so now, 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 and here, 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 and it's very visual that that it family mm. is a physical, like, it occupies a physical space. Like, you, you need your family literally next to you, not figuratively. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so like you're you're more I guess um, maybe folks are more inclined to you're gonna have connection to people that are physically here and now with you. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I, I mean, my life would be so much more sad if it was that way for me all the time because I have I've lived around all around the, the states and stuff and like mm. I have best friends everywhere, but I don't ever live in the same place as any of them. <laughs> like I I have so many people that I feel very very close and connected to, but I'm very rarely in one place very long. And so I guess maybe that's some sort of an evolution of relationships. Like hmm. a lot of my relationships are technically virtual. Right. Thank yeah. You, Facebook. A, a lot of mine as well. I mean, and that's kind of, uh, I know in my situation, it's kind of inevitable no matter where I am in the world, mm-hmm. there's going to be a large uh, part of my important relationships that will be virtual because not all the people close to me live in the same place. Exactly. You know, got, You'll never have a, a home. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've got, I mean, I've got close friends in San Francisco, in New York, uh, in now in Thailand, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, there is, it, it may be the case, yeah, for, it may be the case that some of these close relationships have to be over, say, phone calls, Skype, this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, although, I, you know, on the other side of it, um, the experience I've had recently, uh, you know, there's a point in time where I kind of resigned myself to that, like, okay, well, you know, it's... Uh, I'm going to have all my close relationships online so I can live wherever. And that's mm-hmm. true. But at the same time, I, after coming home, in, a, in an interesting way, I got reconnected very – I got very much reconnected with home. And like, home is in the, here, where I'm here in Baltimore. Um, I don't know. There is, there is still something, I guess, to being physically near folks. Um, mm-hmm. And even though I'm not I'm – not, I certainly can't be near everyone that's close to me. Um, it is nice, at least for the time being, for me – to be, you know, within um, a short drive to my parents, or to uh, or a short walk to some of my close friends in the neighborhood and whatnot. Yeah. So and you you re- like you value that so much more the more you go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that absolutely. Uh, it, it that's what was a bizarre 
thing that I didn't expect. Not bizarre, it makes sense, but you know, the last thing I expected when I came back from this traveling around the world was, oh yeah, I'm just gonna um, go back to Baltimore. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you know, that's I guess that's part of it. I don't know. You may or may not have a similar uh, I don't know experience when you get back from Colombia. I don't know. Yeah, and actually, um, I went to, I went home for Christmas for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because I went I went home to California, which is where. I was in college, but then my fa- my parents live in Tennessee, so they actually drove out. So we had all of our family together, and it was just so, just so nice. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, it's just, I mean, not just the culture, like, just to be an American culture where, like, I can let my guard down, like, I understand how the system works, I know what to expect, but also just to be around those people that I have, I don't have mm. to, I, I don't know, one of the biggest things, I think, is having the, the benefit of anonymity. <laughs> I hate that yeah. word, anonymity. <laughs> Cinnamon. <laughs> Um, whatever, but, but the thing is here, I never have that. Like every day I look so different from the people, like the typical people and even the non-typical people here. Like I am very vastly different. And as like the American or the gringa or the English teacher, I have, I have like a constant reputation. I'm in a glass bowl 100% of the time. And so that's a big thing about home. I think going to California was I can just relax. Like if I want to do something and people see it, they're not going to say, oh, all Americans do that, or, oh, right. all white girls are like that, or all English teachers, or all Peace Corps volunteers. You know, like, I can just yeah, be yeah. me, and it's fine. <laughs> you don't yeah. have that secondary sort of sort of celebrity status to be worried about. Right. That's really interesting. It's it's funny because um, for for me, and I, obviously I, it's just because I, went, I had a very different type of travel experience. I was just kind of backpacking versus doing, like, a Peace Corps sort of thing. Um mm-hmm. But for me, I actually felt like I got the anonymity when I was backpacking, uh, oddly <laughs> enough. You know, because uh, yeah. when, when I'm home, I'm around, you know, people, I have this, uh, you know, whatever reputation it is, people know who I am, they have an idea of me, and, I, and there's these established existing relationships. But when I was traveling, I was free to kind of be whoever I wanted to be, because yeah. no one knows who I am. Um, which is, I guess, a difference between if you're kind of, you know, vagabonding solo place to place versus kind of staying still and you're like, you know, say the solo American person in, uh, you know, Colombia. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. I guess different types of travel can lend themselves to either more or less anonymity. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, I guess. That's <laughs> um, it's, it's really interesting. Though. A different kind of comfort, comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I think, I guess what it, for me, at least my experience taught me that, that anonymity that I felt traveling. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to bring back home with me now some of the, you know, like I said, I was able to act more, kind of more like myself in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to figure that out and maybe bring some of that back to these relationships. So, yeah, um, so that was that's, a good thing. That's such a good, that's a good point too. I think I've thought a lot about that here at home. Like we sort of have a bubble, I guess, of, mm. of expectations and social norms and, and, and family and friends. Like our comfort zone is such a bubble that, being outside of your comfort zone or being, being someplace where you're not being watched every minute, um, based on, you know, like, like, especially like, okay, it's like a college where you're on the same campus or in high school where everybody sees you and you have like a certain reputation, like you're that Mm. person who does that thing or whatever. Right. But when you're traveling, you're able to reinvent that every 10 minutes. Like you just go to a new town and you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. If you didn't like what you did or how you did it, you do it differently. The next time there's no like record that, you know, last year, she's the senior that did that one thing, or, you know, whatever. Right, yeah. Um, but at home, everybody's watching constantly on Facebook or in person, whatever, for you to fit the social norms of whatever is the standard. Like, you know, I don't feel this pressure as much here 
to to be doing whatever everybody else is doing because I'm right. I'm and just I mean, I'm literally in a different world. So I see the stuff that's happening on Facebook and I I'm very in contact, but I don't feel as much pressure as I think I would at home to to do whatever. It's funny actually. Right. This is, I'm such a girl in this respect, but like. <laughs> We care so much about what people think, right? And I realize, like, one of the biggest freedoms of being here is that I live in a culture where, like, I'm already desirable just because I'm I'm a foreigner. Right. just because I'm a woman. And so I care so much less about how I look because if I'm yeah. sweaty, I'm still a sweaty gringa, you know? Like, they're like, people yeah. aren't going to change their, their mind about me based on, like, seeing me sweat on the bus or something like Either their opinion doesn't matter or their opinion right. is already affirmative. Does that make sense? I don't know. No, I, home... that, that absolutely makes sense. Um, <laughs> there's so uh, much pressure at home. There is a lot. I mean, yeah, there's definitely more pressure. Um, you're in a, yeah, you're surrounded by culture. There's certain expectations of, of you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so if like, uh, you know, what if you didn't wash your hair one day or whatever it is, you know, there's someone, you, you might be worried, oh, someone's going to notice this or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. versus when you're yeah if you're abroad somewhere and you're in an environment where you're already so different um there's and it's okay <laughs> yeah there's you have a lot more kind of freedom to operate uh, in in a lot of ways so uh, yeah, yeah i definitely understand that um goes to the internet to me too <laughs> i skipped more showers when i was traveling for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm the opposite i shower four times a day now wow oh wow <laughs> so i keep so you have to worry about sweating then, because you're, you're, you're constantly clean. <laughs> well, no, al contrario. No, it's, it's actually it's funny. When we first got here, they were like, they were like, you know, like when you moved your house, like be careful, you know, you're trying to help, you know, try not to be a burden on these families, because we're supposed to live with host families. So all of us were like, oh man, okay, I'm going to like unplug my electronics, I'm only going to shower once a day, you know, because... That's what Americans do anyway. I think we shower once a day mostly, and you know, after yeah, the gym normally. or whatever. Some people travel so, shower more. Yeah, I think once a day. Is yeah, terrible, I think depends on where and how hot it is and stuff. But right. like here, so we stopped. I mean, not all of us as a general rule, but you know, it was like okay, I'm trying to be careful. I'm gonna like be careful with my water usage and my electricity usage, whatever. And apparently, somebody called into the Peace Corps office and was like, "Excuse me, but these green ghosts, like, they smell bad. Can you tell them they smell oh, bad?" Wow. Uh, no. And we were like. <laughs> what we're trying to save water like we were trying to be sensitive you know to like to them. Right. and then they're like trying to be sensitive to us by not telling us hey gringo you stink but then it right. ended up being like this huge like uproar because like we all got offended because we thought it was all of us and like I don't know, it was just like this intervention that they staged and stuff but the wow. outcome was nobody had no told way. us that in the culture of of the coast of Colombia minimum on a minimum people shower at least twice a day wow more likely three or four times a day because here like it's all cold water there's no hot water in this in this entire region and so you just kind of do a rinse off like you you get home from work and you're sweaty so you rinse off you're leaving to go to a party you rinse off before you go and so there's just you're just constantly like i don't know trying to reset the balance because it is really hot and sticky and disgusting (laughs) so but we had never been told that and so we were saying we were thinking oh, this culture needs us to, you know, be careful with their water. And they were thinking, oh, man, these crazy gringos are, like, They're... insulting our culture by not showering enough. Right. You know, it was, like, just, just the craziest <laughs> miscommunication. So I now shower four times a day, and I use way more perfume. I think I've gone through more perfume in the last, like, three or four months than I did in a year before. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They coat it on. They coat it. You can smell the guys, especially. You can smell the guys, like, ten feet away. Man. Uh, but Axe that... isn't here, so we're good. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is really interesting. I, yeah, you know, I it's I I do remember um, actually in Thailand a bit. There were 
uh, folks would shower a lot, um, and then I mean, I, maybe I was offending people. <laughs> in you hindsight. never know, right? Because <laughs> it's you know, same tell you. it gets hot and people sweat, so there was people would tend to take a lot of showers. Some like locals uh, would. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that is really interesting. Um, Little culture thing. I was secretly things. offending people and didn't know it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, I would like I'd be interested to know for you, Shanna. Um, mm-hmm. What's something you'd like to do in your life uh, before it's all said and done? Oh man, that's. That's a big question. Actually, it's funny that you would ask me that because this week I just did a lesson, like an English class based on that question. Um, oh, no way. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, I just wrote a blog about it too. We, oh, cool. We, well, we, can, we can link up to your, uh, to your blog for sure. Yes, please. Uh, That'd be awesome. Follow me. Um, I try to, yeah, yeah. So my, my counterpart and I wanted, we were teaching future tense. We we're trying to do like a review, review of future tense with our advanced students. Well, advanced, um, let's say older students, like the 10th mm. and 11th grades. And so we said, we want them to think about goal setting. Goal setting is not a big thing here. Like thinking ahead is not, people say, oh, I want to be a doctor, but there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of like steps in between. And so we were trying mm. to kind of, trying to kind of introduce the idea of like, hey, if you, if you have a goal, you can set steps and you can be really specific in what you're trying to get. Because I mean, at least in my culture and you know in your years in my culture like setting goals and and plans and stuff is is part of the key to success it seems um Mm -hmm. so trying to get some of that at least some of like the the dreaming across to them so i made them i'm that teacher that's like embarrassing sometimes i was like okay you guys close your eyes (laughs) (laughs) you know do the little narrator thing so all right if you had to do any you know if you had any dreams there's no limits of money or whatever and I don't know, whatever the limits may be, like, what would be one goal that you have? Like, not just to be a doctor, but to cure cancer, or not just to be, you know, to be a a musician, but to be on that one stage in that one place, or whatever it is, you know? Right. And then I asked them to to tell me, and some of them, like, it it was so much fun to, like, see them just open their eyes and, like, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess if I think about it, I do actually want to do this or that or the other. And yeah. I mean, I have students that want to, they have, like, this dream to go to Australia, they want to learn Portuguese, one of them did say to, that they want to cure cancer because, I mean, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. So I was asking myself the same question, like, what, what are some of those things that, like, I'm dying to do, but sometimes I put off, you know, but I want to do them before I leave and, like, or right. leave before I, before I check out. Um, oh, God, but the answer, I don't know. Yeah, what you come up with? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, I've, my, I guess, okay, so my dream job would be to be a photographer, right? Like a Nat Geo social photojournalist kind of thing. Like that's that's the stuff that really gets me gets me excited, you know? Uh-huh. And so I would love to um, just to be able to take a trip and make it just a photography trip, like a, a photojournalism trip, which I'm trying to do some of that here. Awesome. Do some more yeah. like interviews and asking people and, and whatever. But but some trips like that just just storytelling um i recently got a hold of some friends here in town that one of my counterparts that works in one of these like foundations with me um a nonprofit. he is full um full mokana which is a local indigenous tribe like in the little pueblo where i live and he was telling me that there's no one who's ever written the stories of his of his tribe down like his was one of the tribes there's a lot of little tiny tribes here on the coast that kind of like wiped each other out over various things and I guess at one point, like, one tribe sold their tribe out to the Spaniards, and they came in and just killed a bunch of people. And so his tribe is kind of, like, over the last few decades, or, I mean, centuries, has just kind of 
cease to be relevant, I guess. I mean, there's lots of people that are Mokana, but nobody knows the stories. The language is kind of non-existent. There's no pride in, in, the, in the heritage and stuff. And so one of my dreams now is to go talk to his grandfather and start getting some of those stories down. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if I can do that. But a little yeah. mini photojournalism thing. Yeah, that... <laughs> That um that sounds really cool. Well, hey, also if you feel if you're up for it, feel free to take your phone and you can record an audio interview. We'll throw it on our podcast too. Oh, that'd be and awesome. If, that, if that's if you're so inclined. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that sounds like a really uh, interesting interesting thing to do. Um, kind of random. <laughs> so yeah, um, and so you have you have a blog that you're uh, putting stuff on now. Yeah. What is your blog? Yeah. So folks can find you. Yeah, it's it's called Pocket Philosophies. Pocket um, Philosophies, S-I-E-S. That's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, pocketphilosophies.wordpress.com. Um, okay, cool. So right now it's a lot of Peace Corps stuff, and it's just, you know, it's all about this life of of having a suitcase heart, I guess. I'm um, just trying to yeah. trying to stay moving and learning and, and doing and, yeah. <laughs> so you're writing and putting pictures, all kinds of good stuff on there. All kinds of stuff, yeah. We just did a, a, a post about... Um, body language here on the coast because Latinos are like so expressive with their hands and their faces sometimes. Yeah. So we did some little video clips of what each of the little um, things are and what they mean. Um, so some fun things. If you want to learn how to point with your lips, go check out my blog. Oh, I've heard about that. Actually, in the Philippines, they do that also. In the Philippines, also. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They point with their lips. <laughs> it's so effective. You've got to try it. I do it all the time now. So fast. I, I, I would be happy to try it, but people would just think I'm nuts <laughs> if in the U.S. <laughs> but what a conversation starter. I think I'm just trying to, like, blow them kisses or something. <laughs> something. I'm like a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked up the head bob when I was in India. Um, yes! I saw that one. Oh, uh, I love that one. Um, I... I kind of lost it when I was gone. Uh, it took it took me like three weeks or so to actually figure it out, you know, because it means everything, you know. It's, yeah. Yes, no, maybe. So it's uh, yeah, it's more about the full body language you're doing. But once I learned, yeah. it, I, loved, I just loved it. It was uh, yeah, <laughs> like the little. I have a, it's it's such a weird thing. So it's not up and down or side to side. It's like this weird like. Yeah, I don't it's, know. Uh, Shimmy. Yeah, it's great. There's like, there's actually some videos of me when I was in India, and I did. I I got to a point like in the beginning, I was doing it, um, kind of not intentionally. I or sorry, I was doing it intentionally to begin with because I was trying to learn it, and then eventually mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was just doing the head bob, not even realizing it. And there's some videos of me like from a time in India where I'm um, head bobbing, and I look at it like, oh, what? <laughs> that's, that's me. <laughs> that's integration, integration, right there. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was great when I got. I felt so good getting to that point. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you do the lip pointing now? I do the lip pointing. I do the. I do a little bit of like the nose stuff, but the lip pointing most of all. But actually, here's a little preview. We're gonna do. There's an upcoming post we're gonna have, um, um, which is. There's a word. It's not an action or a body thing, but there's a word that they use here that's kind of like the head bob where it just means everything. Like you can, depending on the tone of voice, uh, it, yeah. the word is aha. 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 With a J in the middle. Right. Like a J. But it can aha. be like aha or aha or aha or aha. <laughs> you know, right, so right, right. <laughs> and it could mean everything from like 
What did you say to, I know you're cheating on me? <laughs> right. It's kind of like,、uh, <laughs> I think the best analogy we have in America is the word fuck.、Um, yeah. Because <laughs> that can mean everything.、Uh, there's like, who's, there's like some comedian who did a bit about that, right? Where they like, it was like, oh, can it, it can be anger, it can be love, it can be, it can be happiness, it can be shock. And they went、yeah. through all the examples. It applies、um, to everything. It's so use, like, useful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.、Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very, very useful.、Um, well, cool. Well, I'd be happy to, I, I will link up to your blog、uh, on the、um, show notes that will go along with, with this episode.、Um, awesome. So, Pocket Philosophies. Are there other places folks can find you, like Facebook, Twitter? Do you have a page? Or, I, yeah. I,、um, yeah, yeah, Facebook.、Um, my Twitter is, and my Instagram are linked to the blog, but my Twitter、mm-hmm. is Pocket Philosophy, but with no vowels. So, it's、okay. PC. Wait, hang on, I have to write it down. <laughs> P C K T P H L S P H Y. Okay. That's my Twitter. Awesome. It's a lot more complicated now that I tried to explain it.、Um, and you got an Instagram、yeah. with your pictures as well? Yeah, and Twitter, my blog, Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram are all linked up together. So they should okay, be、cool. accessible through all of them. Yeah. And I, what I'll do is, I, what I do with,、um, with all of our episodes is, I, I'll compile all that stuff with all the correct vowels taken out. Or, in, <laughs> or whatever. I'll,、uh, I'll throw that in with the show notes、um, and blog posts that go along with this episode. So, folks、Perfect. will be able to find your blog and all the Twitter and everything for you.、Um, and、right. if you're folks listening who are looking for that, that can all be found at wtepodcast.com.、Um, but yeah, that's.、Um, please go there. Check out. Sounds like Shannon, you've got some awesome stuff. So, folks, please do check that out.、Um, yeah, and thank you, Shanna. This was a, it was a really fun conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. And folks listening, you can hear more from Walking the Earth Podcast if you subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Find us on Facebook.com slash Walking the Earth Podcast or Twitter at WTE Podcast. And again, our website is WTEPodcast.com.、Uh, thank you, folks, for tuning in. Thanks again, Shanna, for、uh, coming on for this episode. And、uh, we will catch you next time. Namaste. <laughs> Adios. Next time on Walking the Earth Podcast, Mike talks with Caitlin Bach, who recently returned from Indonesia, where she worked for OFI, Orangutan Foundation International, and helped abuse orangutans at a rehabilitation center. She shares her experiences while working there and also her experience in Indonesia. So check it out next time at wtepodcast.com.